In this day and age, everybody and everything is woke, woke, woke. Even sports talk. And that's why we call bullshit. Welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. A sports podcast by regular dudes for regular dudes. We'll give you a break from all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. From high school to the pros, we're talking about it. Red-blooded American. Loud, loud, real, and raw. Patriot Sports Radio with your hosts, Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in. It is Patriot Sports Radio back once again. My name is Eric. I am your host. We have John Shirley all the way out in Denver, Colorado. We have the coach all the way down in Oklahoma. And we have producer Chris all the way down in Oklahoma. He drove his ass down there, I believe, Thursday night. Did he not? Yep, Thursday night, I think. That's Thursday night. Yep. It's Thursday day. Oh, and you're putting them up there at uh, Cunningham Manor? Yeah, it's nice. Uh, nothing but the best, Clark. Nothing. We got real tomorrow to catch up and everything. <laughs> and a club Cubs blanket. That's exactly right. If you all else fails, we've got the uh, Cubs blanket, which this time yeah, of year well, it can be for the Iowa Cubs because baseball crap. So it, I want to know the sleeping situation there. Chris, are, well, we, are you sleeping with Cubs blanket? Together, John. <laughs> Head to toe or? Right now. <laughs> Butt to butt, face to face. <laughs> yeah, spooning. There's, there's some there's obvious spooning going on. So let's just clear clear that up for anybody that's wondering. <laughs> Me and Chris sleep together. We get that out of the way. Well, if there's a fire, you know what you can grab last. That that Cubs blanket. <laughs> that's right. That, definitely oh, put gosh. out the fire. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, yeah, should we discuss Chris's road trip or should we skip Chris's road trip? No, I mean, we I want to hear about it. it. We can start by okay. uh, the places that we've eaten. I'm going to hand it off to him. And let oh, him what's up, guys? Hey, there he is. Going? There's the coal uh, for the furnace. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about all the technical stuff. We're learning. We learn as we go. Absolutely. So here's the deal. My kid, little Squish, is my 13-year-old. She just started on a new big league travel team this year. So this is her first tournament. So I'm down here um, for the tournament. Last night. She went three for three, but they went 0 for two. Nice. Let's see what we got here. What so happened? Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. So you live in Wisconsin, and there's a, uh, a girls' basketball tournament down in Oklahoma? Softball. Softball. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she's hitting dingers down in Oklahoma. Yeah. That's what we're I'm doing. Wondering, so I- on your travels, I, I pulled up some uh, roadside attractions between here and Oklahoma. I'm wondering if you stopped at any of these, possibly. The uh, world's Negative. largest frying pan, Brandon, Iowa. Missed it. No. Here's one. This, I want to go it, see this. Lord, it passed it. There's, there's a serious competition going on with giant kitchen utensils because there is – a former largest cherry pie pan somewhere in down in Oklahoma. Like there was the world's giant cherry pie pan, and then they made another one. Another some tricks decided to upstage them (laughs) and make the world's largest. You couldn't make the world's largest cookie sheet or some shit. Can I just tell you that that's the battle of route 66. Yep. Everybody's got the biggest something. Yep. So yeah, we got the world's largest collection of smallest versions of largest things in Lucas, Texas. That looked like it was just a van. I'm pretty sure that's just a kidnapper. And last night went to where'd we go? Bad Brad's barbecue? Earl's. We went to Earl's barbecue so I could get some real fried okra, real fried bologna, hot links, and some smoked ribs. Yeah, I'm seeing some seasoned curlies there. Yeah. If there's and a guy they, named Earl and he has a restaurant, that's good shit. Absolutely. Period. And and the it's other like thing any barbecue is, place with a pig in their logo. I walked in and what we lack in Wisconsin is iced tea. And I walked into Earl's and Earl had his tea double stacked in like 10 gallon buckets. I was like, <laughs> welcome back to Oklahoma. 
Hey, I'm going to pass this back to the coach and try to make this audio sound good. All right. Yeah. We got to talk about some sure sports. Jesus Christ, Chris, you're hijacking the entire show with the thing that was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers, pick a fucking restaurant, dude. He said this decision would be quick. And now he's the girl who can't decide where to eat. Speaking of restaurants, the NFL Combine is going on right now. There's this steakhouse called St. Elmo's. They all talk about where everybody who's anybody, GMs, coaches, coordinators, agents, the Ian Rappaports and Adam Schefters of the world, they all huddle around there and make these deals, these unofficial deals that they're going to sign on later. And here the Packers are, no fucking idea if he's going to stay, if he's going to go. He told Diana Rossini on February 24th, he will be informing the Packers of his decision soon per league sources. I'm told there are multiple teams with offers on the table, but of course nothing can happen until the Green Bay Packers allow a trade. And back to this trade offer, Brian Gutekunst came out and said that they have gotten zero trade offers for Aaron Rodgers, which I find impossible to believe. He's a guy who's a back-to-back MVP. He's rumored to be available. There should be 31 teams calling. I believe he used the word call or something like that. Maybe he's trying to say, well, we didn't get a call. It was an email or it wasn't a legitimate (laughs) offer. I don't know if they're trying to immunize, vaccinate their way out of this, but they've gotten offers for Aaron Rodgers. We are requesting faxes only, facsimiles only for Aaron Rodgers requests. Yeah, it's not in the the form of an idiom. We don't want it. You you can't tell me the Steelers haven't asked about um, the, the Broncos. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. You you can't tell me the Bronco, Broncos aren't working on something or anybody, really. Yeah. Is, is this just another case of it's getting close to the draft day, so now we're, we're trying all these crazy games to confuse everybody? Essentially. Yeah. yeah, this is negotiating out in the open is what it seems like to me. You know, these teams will say, oh, we offered Dak Prescott $40 million a year. We offered this guy this, and he said, no, what an asshole. Like, well, we don't have that guy's side of the story. We don't know how much of that was incentives. You know, you're a corporation. You're probably trying to fuck this guy. So I'm not going to take, you know, what they take, what they say is law either. He's got to make his mind up soon before we start drafting players. I don't know. I'm a Packer fan. Chris, coach, both Packer fans. John, you're not. You're a Bears fan. You hate us. What do you think will happen? What do you want to happen? I mean, the guy's such a turd. Um, I'm sure he's just going to go back to the Packers and the nightmare continues for the Bears. Uh, You know, everybody on the national sports is saying that. I think they're probably more accurate than than my speculation. I think he does because I think it's, one, it's a huge pain to relearn a new offense, go to a new place, move, all that. And two, I think he really does like it there in some way. There, I think he likes to be the big fish in the small pond. So I think he wants to be there and I think he's kind of, I don't know, maybe waiting to see if something else pops up uh, from the Denvers or the the Pittsburgh. I think if you're Aaron, you would love to go to Pittsburgh because it's such a well-run organization. But then again, maybe he doesn't because then he couldn't couldn't cry that he's getting screwed over by management. Long story short, I think the nightmare continues for the Bears, and I think he stays for another dramatic offseason and, and keeping everybody on their heels. We could be looking at doing this again next winter. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I don't think he retires. I think he's too competitive. I don't think he has his ducks in a row in terms of retirement. He's too uh, crafty. He's too well thought out and plotting. I think the minute he retires, he's going to have some sort of thing lined up the way Tom Brady does. And it, yep. it appears that he doesn't have any coals in the fire right now. So I, I, I think unless he wants to just retire and travel, um, you know, I think he comes back to the mm-hmm. NFL. That would be worst case scenario for the Packers as a retirement. Then we get nothing for him and we get nothing from him. Um, You're going to get maybe more and more pictures of him and Miles Teller and their girlfriends in in Hawaii because apparently he is getting back together with Shailene Woodley. He just gets weirder and weirder. At at times I feel I'm being trolled like it's on purpose. (laughs) He loves to be misunderstood. Yes. He wants to be the dark, mysterious guy in the rom-com, essentially. (laughs) Who ends up being the serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's always a sociopath. Coach, you're back. I'm back. I, I'm here. I, I don't know about it. We were just about to talk about fat guys. 
Talk Every about that guy. So, so that was a segue into me. Yeah. Man, what a welcome. No, we were talking about the combine, and all I care about is what the fat guys do at the combine. I don't That's care it. about the, the fit guys. I, let's get you guys in the underwear in I the front yard. The on on the cone drill. They could put the lineman drills on, on loop. I would watch it all day. What is so fascinating about it? This is the first year I've ever watched it. And watching these 310-pound beasts uh, do like choppy steps and then turn and run. As a former DB, I'm just – it's just funny to watch for me. its I expected them to be more athletic, I guess, but they aren't. Well, I was telling Chris, do you notice how long-armed and leg these guys are? I mean, the, the yeah. linemen, uh, just the stereotypical linemen has changed. It's, it's, it's different now. These are athletic, long arm, long, long leg, long bodied looking dudes that are that. I mean, I don't know if that's something that they brought in or what, but every one of them, uh, they're, they're, you're, 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 you're small, uh, you know, six foot, 300 pound guard is gone. You know, right. it's, it's all these long arm, long leg guys that are running four eights, four nines. I, I was intrigued last night. You know, there was a guy we watched. I can't even remember his name. The, the lineman from Nebraska. And then they were showing the kid from Minnesota. That's the biggest, the heaviest kid at the ever to be at the combine. And then this morning in the daily Oklahoma, there was a, the top 10 combine uh, workouts of all time, which was, was amazing. A, a list amazing in its own, but uh, yeah, I know that definitely the the lineman is where it's at. That's where to, me and me and Chris spent two hours watching that last night before we even realized that we were in it. So it's it's crazy. It's like how you know a grizzly bear could chase down a deer, but it doesn't make sense in your brain. You can't see it happening. We've got what right. six foot five, three hundred and twenty pound guys running four eight five. Like that that man would chase me down no problem at all, and they're all at the same level. So I. I think that's why we don't realize it. These guys are all freaks of nature lining up against each other. So it looks normal. But when you go to a game, these guys are actual giants. Like the first time I saw Zadarius Smith at Packers family night, I was blown away. This guy's gigantic. I thought he was just a linebacker. Well, that's the thing about what John was saying is, is, you know, when you see them on the combine, they're they're standing all together and doing the same drills. You don't really realize how huge a person or how big of people those actually they are i mean they these are like you said they're giants amongst men i mean they're huge people doing things and so it doesn't really look that impressive just standing there watching it or seeing it on tv especially if you're if you're a db you're like well uh, that's yeah great huge guys turning and running but when you see it in person and see how big these guys actually are it, it does take a it's a horse of another color. I, I love it. I, I could watch it all day. It's oddly satisfying, like entertaining to watch. Yeah, definitely that. Definitely that. And the, 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 I find the same guys with the same schools all the time. That's kind of cool too. You know, uh, you know, some schools are, are linebacker universities. Some schools are running back universities. The, your, your Midwestern schools that are, that are cold, it's cold outside and they're, they're, they're three yards a, a play, those, those kind of schools. You know, Nebraska is always going to have one. All of those Big Ten schools are going to have one. Yeah, Wisconsin, they're always yeah. going to have a, a guard or a center or a, a tackle or something that, that is in there, you know. And then you, it's just – it's it's a good stuff. That's quality TV. I, I, I don't know. That's a that, – we were talking about, you know, Rodgers a while ago and kind of to tie that back in, I, I, I didn't really get a chance to ask you guys, but let me ask you this. You're, you're the GM of a team. You're going into the draft. How in the world are you putting together any kind of strategy without knowing what that dude's doing first? I mean, that is the domino that makes everything fall. So, I mean, at what point do the Packers not get on the horn and go, hey, what's going on here, Diva? What are you doing? I, I We've got to figure this out to make it work for you next year if you want to be here. And if you're doing that, is that rocking the boat? That's That's the question that I have is, is is how long do how long do we have this this first date where nobody's afraid to to fart in front of each other? Let's just go ahead and do it. Let's get it done. What what's what's the holdup? You either want to go somewhere else or you don't. I, I don't I don't accept the fact that 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 we just can't make up our minds. What what is not making up your mind? Is it is it Aaron Rodgers saying I don't think you have the pieces to win? Because that's a conversation, and I've said this from the beginning. 
I get furious at the Packers because there's got to be somebody up there going, let's make this happen. What is your problem? What, what do you, you can hate us all you want. Tell me the missing pieces of the puzzle to make this decision for you. And, and I, I don't think that anybody up there does that. I think they just let him dictate the dance and he just goes through, he decides when he wants to do this, when he wants to do that. I understand that's a little bit of being a superstar, but at some point, cheese and rice, figure it out, figure it out. And that's what was discouraging to me about LaFleur's comments uh, the other day at the combine, he's basically like, well, you know, we don't want to upset him. And, you know, we understand he's got a lot to think about. And, and he, like, quit walking on eggshells. He's a man. You're a grown man. Ask him what he wants to do. Because if, if the draft comes up and you still don't know, well, if you're going to move him, it's going to be for draft picks. And if yeah, you're going to stack this team for him, you're probably going to need to use draft picks. So either way, we need to know. You're, you're literally throwing darts in the dark. I mean, how do you know what piece of the puzzle you're even needing three years from now if that guy's not the, the first domino to fall? We got, Somebody's got to figure this out, and this just keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. Even if it comes to a point where you piss the guy off and he goes to Denver, he goes to Pittsburgh, he goes to whatever, then you, then you have a plan. Without a plan, you got nothing. You think this is all just payback for the Jordan Love selection? I was just going to say this feels purposely spiteful and passive aggressive. Because Rodgers is literally telling LaFleur to cram it up his cram hole. Yeah. That's a dodgeball reference, by the way. Yeah, and that's how he bails it. He find, He's a very smart guy, and he's excellent with the media. He knows how to say something without saying it. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a white elephant at this point. He's big brothering this storied franchise every chance he gets. I, I've never got a chance to talk to you guys about this Jordan Love deal, but it literally is like a bad ex-wife to me. I'm I'm so furious about it still. The date that it was announced, it made me sick to my stomach. I that to me is a is a monumental mistake made by the Packers organization. And I don't understand it. I didn't understand it at the time. No one can explain to me how that makes sense. Not one person can explain to me how that decision made sense. And the guy that was in the draft room that said that, that put that in somebody's ear, he ought to have his tail kicked out in the parking lot. Somebody ought to be scratching gravel with him right now in the parking lot going, this, you caused this. Because without that, without that selection, we're, we're, we're talking a horse of a different color. I believe, I believe without the drama that in, in, involved all that, we have one, maybe two other Super Bowls. I think that, you know, and, and again, I know that that's the, the, the green and gold in me talking a little bit and looking at it through those colored glasses, but I'm telling you, it's a horse of a different color. We're not talking about there's, he has no reason to say he's leaving. He has no other uh, door number two. It is, you're our guy. That's the way it is. But whoever made that decision, and I'll get off my soapbox about that because it still irritates me. I don't even know why that guy deserves to be on the roster. They ought to be teaching him how to run routes or something to get something for him. He, I, I, I don't like it. I haven't liked that from day one. But, yes, they've got to figure it out. And maybe it is payback. Maybe it's a huge middle finger in the air back to the Packers organization for what they did. Let's not forget, they did this. Somebody in that draft room did this. And I don't, I don't know who it was, but, but I have a real problem with that guy almost as much as a special teams guy from last year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever they paid that guy. I mean, that well, he's fired now. I've I've seen way way better special teams at the Pop Warner up the street. Oh, Jordan Love, the guy they used picks to trade up for when they could have sent those picks to Pittsburgh or to Miami and gotten Minka Fitzpatrick, the player that they actually needed at the moment. Yeah, totally. that guy, the guy who hasn't played a a down yet. Totally. And also scratch and gravel. That's great. I'm using scratch and gravel instead of moving <laughs> furniture from now on. Just, just don't. I mean, think about all of the guys in that draft class. Just, just for a second, because I do it yearly. I literally, <laughs> me and my son talk about it yearly. Of all of the stars in that draft class that you could have had, instead of the guy that's holding a clipboard that's tits on a board, worthless, standing on the sidelines. I mean, which seriously. receivers were taken after Jordan Love? Oh, cheese and rice. I mean, this this will break your heart. It'll literally, this is a kick to the giblets. Here we go. Picture go these men on the other side of Devontae Adams. No, we've got time. We've got time. Chris is going to pull this up. Let's mm -hmm. tiptoe through the tulips here and talk yeah, about the number of receivers that they could have had. 
I mean, I'm gonna love on this. the other side of Go Adam, ahead. I'm sorry, John. But John, but John, John will be back. John's going to make popcorn. He'll be back no, in a minute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Google pulls it up right here on the slide. I mean, at least 15 right here that are that are that are have made the Pro Bowl. I mean, yes, he's Chris is sending it to the I don't know the cloud or something so you can share this. <laughs> it's going to the interwebs and somehow it's, it's going, going to land to the, in our going lives. to the, going to Sputnik. I don't know if Ukraine allows it, we may be able to put it on the deal. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. I mean, what's the what's the freak of nature they have in Seattle? What's that guy? What's his name? DK Metcalf. Yes, yeah. Metcalf. Well, I mean, where was he? The, the, Jefferson. I mean, the hits just keep on coming. TJ Watt. What's the Packers defense look like with TJ Watt? Seriously. TJ Watt? Uh Wisconsin Badger, great TJ Watt. He was I mean, right in their backyard. Eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they could have had him. Here, we're putting it up right now. That's the first thing that pulls up. You could have had all of them. It's literally <laughs> terrible. And and, and any, any one of those changed the fa- the franchise. But we have this guy holding the clipboard, and, and for whatever reason, and again, Rodgers has his own issues. Don't get me wrong. I'm not – this is not an advocation for Rodgers and his diva ways. I'm just saying the Packers started this. They did it deliberate when they drafted Love. It's fury infuriating to me. I, I can't even find the word. I wish they would. I, I wish whoever. I, I literally wish they would kick his ass in the parking lot and show it on TV, so I would get some satisfaction out of what they got from that trading up for that draft pick. <clears throat> Sickening that day. Okay, I'm off. I'm better. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the mic over for a minute, catch my breath. Maybe I need to go get a drink. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. Daniel Falali is the name of that lineman you were talking about. Guy is six foot nine, three hundred and eighty pounds from Melbourne, right. Australia. In comparison, what's he? What's he compared to that kid in Georgia that they number ninety nine from Georgia? That's a defensive tackle that they talked about. That was so big. I wish my son was here. He knows these the names of these kids off the top of his head. The the kid, the number ninety nine from Georgia that they've been raving about. He's a defensive tackle and he's supposed Jordan to be Davis. Jordan Davis. Yes, Jordan Davis. So you're talking about giant. How tall was Andre the Giant, by the way? Let's compare him to Andre the Giant. <laughs> Seventh wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. I'm trying to find Davis's size here. He's got so many amazing stats. All right, so so Chris has pulled this up. Back to what we were talking about here. You got Claypool. I forgot about him. Gosh. Oh, Pittman. You got mm-hmm. uh, Michael Pittman. Queen. Any of those are franchise changes. Yeah. Any of those. All drafted after love. Every these are all guys who would get single coverage. Now, and again, again, you just you just got to look at the offense and put any one of those guys. You put them on the other side of Adams. Come on, I'm sure it sucks to have a bad football team. I haven't had a bad football team since I was like 11 years old. I think I'm staring it down right now. I'm sure that sucks, but at least you know what you're getting. Like to be a team that's perpetually the third best team in the league is agonizing. You know, we're going to get to like before the playoffs even start that year, they lost to Atlanta and got their doors blown off. It's like, yes, I know this offense is good, but when you get to the playoffs, you run into teams who can run the ball and play defense and you lose 42 to 40 or 54 to 45, whatever it is. You're not going to be able to keep up because they have a defense and you don't. So you can't go score for score with them because they're going to stop you one time and that's going to be enough. And it's been like that since after 2010. I mean, this team is always right there and there's a move they could make and they're just, uh, they're just so conservative that I don't, I don't, I don't want to take a draft pick and send it out there or, or sign a free agent who could have issues. Like, I don't know. You brought in fucking Charles Woodson, and that went okay. He allegedly had a bum ankle and was done. No, it. it you're exactly right. They for a, for a franchise that historically does not take risk for them to pull that off at the draft is just it's just mind boggling. But <laughs> yeah, you do make one move, and it's complete horseshit. Oh, it's it. Yeah, the one time that you all chips it to the center, you do it with a with with a with a joker and a two. I mean, you're not winning with that hand. You're this guy's, 
He's as proven as Mitch Trubisky was coming out hey. of North Carolina. <laughs> well, I, I, I was just about to throw that time bomb out. That, that oh, I was gosh. just about to set the hook into the Bears because <laughs> he's dead to me. For terrible, for terrible moves of an organization. Speaking of the Bears, let's talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's going on over there? What are they doing? We'll Is see. Luck, the new regime. We'll see. Uh, they want to get their lines smaller and faster which kind of goes against what we've been talking about. But Ryan Poles is a former lineman. I kind of trust his opinion on it. We'll see. Um, it's kind of up in the air. Uh, we've got a lot of money on the defensive side. See what we do with it. But uh, right now we've got to build that line because our line is terrible and we need to protect our quarterback. And not to switch topics, but to not disprove your point earlier, Andre the Giant Uh-oh. was seven foot four, 520 pounds. So- <laughs> And he was French. Did you know he was French? I did not know that. I didn't know he was French. Chris he said didn't he quit. did. I didn't, I didn't know. Huh. huh. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. Seven foot four. 520 pounds. Oh, Yikes. yeah. He, he watched the documentary. So he watched the 30 for 30 on Andre the Giant. Yeah. He was. He, it, I, I watched it on Ric Flair. He picked Andre the Giant. It's all good. That, that is, is an amazing only- human being. So that is the only to, thing ESPN does well anymore is the 30 oh, for 30. the 30 for 30s are amazing. They're amazing. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's what kind it. of toll do you think his ACL took on each leg? Oh. Yeah, I wonder if he even had one at the end. If he even had them in, you know, because you didn't, after, the, after you tore it, you either got it repaired or you just rolled on without it. So I'm pretty sure that somewhere in the, in the early 80s, late 70s, he just decided, I'm just going to go on without it. He should have donated his body to science. Absolutely. I mean, you're hauling around 500 pounds. Wow. But, uh, you know, to put that in comparison, John, I mean, we're talking about 350-pound men running lightning speed 40 times. I mean, that is literally like a grizzly bear. Yeah, sub 540s in in 350-pound men, it's just stupid. I love it. That is, yeah, it's a, that's that's a freak of an athlete. But uh, coming full circle back to what you were talking about, so how, what what do you think as a Bears fan? Tell me about the regime change because I I, I mean I'll be honest with you, I was rooting for Nagy to stay there as long as he could because I knew as long as you guys had Nagy, you were you were at best the third wheel. But but uh, hey, he's I mean, a quarterbacks coach now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't he go to Kansas City? Yeah, he went back to Kansas City. Uh, which um, is which is the Alabama pro football. Anybody has any trouble, has a problem, they go back to Kansas City for two years, they become a contender. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think we got to focus on the offensive line. I think we got to focus on the offense in general. If they're smart, they will because it's an offensive league. Now, the uh, unfortunate reality is we hired a defensive-minded head coach, but he seems to be a wise a wise person. We uh, actually stole one of the Packers, uh, your quarterback's coach to be our offensive coordinator. So I would imagine the play calling is going to be suspect at best for the first six games of the season, <laughs> but you never know. Um, More than three plays. I think right now we're still kind of sticking to the old game plan of hoping for the best. And so sure. uh, we, we don't have a lot of information to work on right now. So what we do have is just the uh, focus on the offensive line, which is to be expected with Ryan Poles being the GM. So I, I think this next year, I'm not expecting a whole lot of wins. I'm expecting to develop a quarterback, to build an offensive line, and to see a step forward from an offensive perspective. We've never seen a good offense uh, in Chicago. The closest we've come is not what you would call a good offense from the Green Bay perspective. So right now, we're kind of just waiting to see, to be honest, um, and hoping for the best. <laughs> they do have a potential superstar on the outside there in Darnell Mooney. I don't yeah. know how well him and Fields are working together if they're, you know, having breakfast like Stafford and Cup. But they that will. could be a nice little connection. Yeah, Fields is a good, I hate to use the word, but collaborator, to use the buzzword. But he's he's somebody who definitely tries to circle the wagons, especially with wide receivers, to get timing down and stuff like that in the offseason. I'm not hopeless. We have we certainly have hope, but that's kind of all we have right now. <laughs> yeah. It's better than some years. Yep. Gosh. Exactly. Imagine imagine your hope resting in Mitch Trubisky. Oh man. That's well, rough. You you yeah. could be it could be worse. You could be a Lions fan. So Yeah. It, you know, I mean it could be definitely worse. Although I love Dan Campbell. I love me some Dan Campbell. 
I like guy, him too. He's, he's, he's a walking television, guy, right? <clears throat> he's a walking soundbite. Love yeah. him. And the players seem to play for him. So, um, absolutely. Not that I'm rooting for the Lions in any way, shape, or form, but you know, you you like to see guys like that um, succeed. So. We'll see. Yeah, I like to see a football guy in a sea of nerds once in a while. Yeah. You know, everybody's Warren Sharp now. I need a Dan Campbell. Sure. Break things up a little bit. Talk I like him when he was at the Dolphins. The I, I can't believe the Dolphins let him go. I thought he was doing great work out down there. He won a couple games as the interim down there, too. The, the guys immediately started playing for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that was going to be a good situation. And they kicked him to the curb and then – his press conference at Detroit, I was like, this guy. I, I like this guy. I, Here we go. He turned, I immediately he turned, he turned that on. Yeah. I immediately went to my bookie and bet under five and a half wins. <laughs> yeah. You made the under that five press and a half conference. Lot. Yes. I got you. <laughs> Good. What else you got? Uh I got a woman in Green Bay. Wait till you hear this. I can't I'll wait. I'll just give you the headline. <laughs> Green Bay police report whoop. Woman shared meth and had sex with man. Uh, that's the Friday night. Yeah. Then strangled and decapitated him. Oh my! She's twenty-four. I don't know. I've never done the meth. I've seen people on the meth on the TV, and they look pretty unpredictable. The old um, Hartford County love story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what he did or what she alleges he did. Police officers have been called about 325 to the home where they found his body. Uh, my issue with this is she is not very attractive. I think that if you're going to be out there chopping people's heads off, you need to be a solid nine without makeup. <laughs> She's got her Instagram picture with the filters on it, which is eh, seven at best. Then you get the filter and just the makeup, and then you get down to the the mug shot with no makeup and the meth, and we're at, like, negative four. So she has no business chopping people's heads off. This poor guy. She's not going to get away with anything. Lifted the towel and observed the, oh, my goodness, what kind of monster? So maybe, you know, if I was Rogers, I'd get the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's got to be crazy. <laughs> Clearly, the get pretty are... crazy after the fish fries. Yeah. <laughs> Fish fry Fridays, and and if you're if you're soft seven and you're hitting the meth pipe, you're probably pretty heavy into the filters. I mean, you're probably <laughs> needing the filters. Let's be honest, you're probably needing to dabble in the filters a little bit to get to get over the side effects of what you got going on. So we you're can't gonna need to paint a Rembrandt over your face. Exactly, exactly. There's no, I mean, there's no judgment on this side of the fence. Down in Oklahoma, we, <laughs> we got a couple of people that have a have a meth issue here or there. I mean, you know. So they so they tried this stuff on a Friday night. I don't know. It seems Next like the know, more boring the state is. Catalytic converters. Things happen. Seems like the less there is to do in the state, the more meth there is, that or the fewer could hills. Be, could be. Have true. you guys been to West Virginia? No, sir. Don't. No, sir. I have not. Yeah, I, I have, however, seen. I saw a documentary country. called "The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia," and uh, that gave oh, me a yeah. bit of an education. That's quite a series. Yeah. I, I used to have to drive through West Virginia when I was living in Philly. I drive from Chicago to Philly on on uh, like Christmas trips and stuff like that. And there's a town in Wheeling in West Virginia, and I would get out. I did this like twice, and you know how you get like a sixth sense where like I shouldn't be here. And usually it's like it would be when I would get into a rough neighborhood in Chicago. I get that sixth sense where you know like people are looking at you, but you don't know where they're at. And I got out of my car in Wheeling, West Virginia. I was just like, nope. <laughs> got back in my car. I'm nope. really hoping there's gas, a gas station within 10 miles because I'm going to run out. But it's a better risk to take doing that than to get out here and get abducted. Yeah, there's certain there's certain places in the world where you just get the like a, like the radar goes up when you step out onto the concrete and look around that you just know that. You don't, you don't belong here. Your kind doesn't, yeah. doesn't belong here. And that, that's yeah. probably one of them. I've, I've never been there. Um, but I, I would like to, uh, I'd, I might, I might like to go through there and see that. I, I always like to see places that have a worse reputation than Oklahoma. And there, and there are very <laughs> few. Yeah. There's a, there's another one actually, now that I think of it in Atlanta, it's very strange, but 
if you've ever been to Atlanta, you know the airport's south and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. But there's one final gas station where if you rent a car, it's the last place you can fill up before you have to pay the premium at the rental agency. So everybody pulls off there and fills up their car. And it's kind of like in a wooded area. And the minute you stop, you just see these people emerge from the woods just to ask for money. They are obviously on meth or drugs or anything. But I was there with my boss one time. And he's like, this is a pretty sketchy place. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're in the middle of nowhere suburban Atlanta, but we were not. Because that's just all the homeless people know that's the hot spot for all the businessmen who stop and get gas in their rental cars. And it's creepy. That's another one where it's like, hurry up, get gas, and then uh, squeal tires out of there. <laughs> Only thing I know about West Virginia is I watch not, you know, Mountaineer games. And it seems like no matter if they have it at noon or they have it at eight at night, the same people are wearing the the orange dickies i mean the orange carhartt overalls in the stands uh with the yep. mountaineer gear and the what is that the raccoon hat yeah and uh and it looks like a wild place it looks like uh lubbock texas at on on a friday night so it looks like a fun place i'd like to go down to blacksburg and catch a game that looks Absolutely. like a fun place yeah oh chris says they burn couches when they win is that that's a, he said that's their thing they they literally burn couches you know like the Bills Mafia jumps through tables. I guess yep. they burn, burn couches. I'm going to have to look into that. I'll look into that and have a little report on that for you guys next time we meet. I'm going to check in. I love that. it. That sounds amazing. That sounds like where I grew up, where they put their couches on the porch and people watch the cars go by. Yeah. That is <laughs> the shit I want to learn about in the during this whole podcast experience. I want to learn about these crazy fans and their crazy – customs of burning couches or all wearing the same thing or whatever i want to go to these places meet yeah. these people meet these fucking psychos find out how face paint guy i want to understand face paint guy yeah. like you're a you're a 42 year old accountant and you have <laughs> painted your chest and your face two different colors because you got to support party the team. with that guy that's what the makes guy that in the bar. <laughs> yes just lifestyles of poor white trash I need I need 30 minutes with face paint guy to get to the bottom of this thing. Oh. You know, in Peoria, there there was a tradition. It's different. Um, Central and Manual were the big basketball schools, and they hated each other. They were kind of inner city Peoria. But after they played, they would always go to McDonald's and fight after. <laughs> <laughs> they would just wreck like shop that. at the McDonald's. That's amazing. Yeah, I like that. Hey, yeah. if it doesn't work out for us on the court, we'll see you over some uh, fillet of fish or whatever they got going. <laughs> yep. Win or lose, we're throwing fists to the McDonald's. Chris pulled it up. Burning the burning the couches. That's a real thing. We're, we're going to check into that. We're going to. That's a topic next meeting. Well, and, uh, hang on. What's the carbon footprint of burning uh, suede? Are exactly we talking about suede or microfiber? They have a real thing going on where people are burning couches and it's leaving. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. This has gotten, this is crazy. When, when I lived in Philly, um, whenever they would get close to winning a championship, they'd start greasing all the telephone poles because yep. <laughs> all those idiots would climb them. So they would just grease up the telephone pole so you couldn't climb them. <laughs> I that's saw that before the Eagles Super Bowl, they were doing yeah. that. Psychos. That is the craziest sports town I've ever lived in. It was one of those where I went to Philly's Cubs and a Cubs shirt got screamed at. It was almost worse than uh, Cardinals Cubs, um, but not quite. But they would no. say, as an outsider, don't even bother like tailgating at the, the Eagles home games because it's just not fun. It's just just no. crazy shit show. They're going to make sure you have a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and that's Philly. Well, from that, I got a palate cleanser. You guys want a palate cleanser? Here's a new yeah. seg idea. You know, I'm an ideas man. I got a new seg idea. We're going to end yeah. the show with good news. Okay. Have you seen the meme about the dog who rides the bus to the park every day? There is a dog. And I had to look into this because I'm like, that's Tell bullshit. More. There's, there's no way this happens. Oh, it does. In Seattle, there is a black Labrador named Eclipse, a Labrador Mastiff mix. Uh, her owner is Jeff Young. She was a human taking too long to finish the cigarette, so when the bus arrived, the pooch just got on it by herself and rode the bus to the park. Since that day, the owner knows he can always catch up with her later at the park. 
This dog has a bus pass attached to her collar. She just gets on the bus, hops in the front seat, and gets out at the park every day. As long as things like this happen and like strangers flash their brights to warn me that there's a police officer ahead speed trapping, I refuse to lose faith in the human race. There's hope mm -hmm. for us yet if we're letting a dog ride a bus to the park. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, uh, definitely hope out there if that that's going on still. I mean, man, I, I'm still intrigued by that nighttime Mountaineers game, burning of the couch. And stuff. <laughs> Gosh, I cannot. I want to see it. We got it on there. Put it on the list. Sorry about Eclipse, but that goes on the list. <laughs> Eclipse is all good. She's at the park. Eclipse is She's good. She's doing great things. It's a warm, yeah. fuzzy feeling. So we got to hit the nighttime Mountaineers game and watch Absolutely. That. I've never been to an NCAA football game. I live down the street from Camp Randall. Never You're been. Kidding there. me? So You're kidding me? No, I've been to Lambo like five times. You're kidding me? I've been to Camp I've, Randall, and I'm from yeah, Oklahoma. It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. Man, I'm really just saying it right now. That's so that you guys drag me there. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, I'm about to. My daughter uh, just decided that she's going to Oklahoma State, so she'll be there in August. Thank you. And I told her to uh, find a nice baseball boy so I can get hooked up with some tickets. That's the only way that that would be acceptable that she can she can uh, date anyone would be as if they were allowed to hook me up with some tickets, you know, something like that. I They've got a new stadium up there I've really been wanting to see, but I'm too cheap to pay the tickets to go see it. So if I was able to get free tickets, you know, maybe. Uh, we have a kid here from Yukon. That plays uh, Carson Binge. He plays on the team there at, at, at Oklahoma State. He tore, a, I don't know, rotator cuff or something last month. Um, he travels with them, but he he's rehabbing. Uh, but, yeah, they're they're off to a good start. You know, we don't have MLB, so we we got definitely college baseball is, is, is alive and going right now. It's uh, full swing. And uh, down here, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, and not to switch gears, but. Let me ask you this. The, the, the MLB is not happening. So, mm -hmm. but I saw an article the other day that says it doesn't affect the minor leagues. So like here we have the Dodgers, the Dodgers triple a organization is the Oklahoma city Dodgers here in downtown. Does that mean you guys, I mean, are the timber rattlers playing? Is that going on? That's the, the, the minor league season's going to go on without a hitch. I'm not know? sure. Well, their minor league teammates who aren't on the 40-man rosters can continue to play and develop. They are locked out in the lockout stretches. More than a few weeks, they will lose development time in the minors while they get into game shape. I mean, because I got to think it, without the MLB, college baseball is going to flourish, and so are the so are the minor league franchises. I know they will here. I mean, minor league teams will play as scheduled, but MLB lockout will impact those games. Not so my, oh, my hometown Peoria Chiefs, aka the Peoria Queefs, are still playing. <laughs> Evidently. Nice. All right. Good to know. What league are they in? They're like single A. There's like a step below single A. So they used to be for the Cardinals, then they got sold to the Cubs. Uh coincidentally, that's where Albert Pujols got his start because they used to be the Cardinals in like 97 or something like that. So Honestly. They, they if I get if I get minor league baseball, I'm good. If I can go to Timber Rattlers games, I'm good. Yeah, like, no, you can I, keep all your bullshit. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Well, they yeah, don't have any money. Yeah. Of course, yeah, they Rob, can still, still play. They get paid four dollars and seventy five yeah. cents a day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If, they get a if plate they can with get a away from the second shift at the car dealership. They'll be over there and starting in left field. Yeah. <laughs> number 29 in your program but number one if you want to buy a ford down here. Yep. their meal consists of a hot dog and to drink the hot dog juice yeah exactly the water yeah i always the enjoy those minor league photos that they post like here's what they gave us for lunch today are you <laughs> kidding me it looks like the fire festival where it's just a slice yeah. of bread with uh, a craft single on it <laughs> yeah hey, essentially. I, went, I went to a kansas city t-bones game in Kansas City, Kansas, and they are they are they are actually an independent team that is not affiliated with any organization. And I went just because I was, it's basically I was, the Sandlot. Yes, I was staying. I was staying in a hotel in Kansas City, Kansas, 
and the stadium was in the parking lot. So I thought one night I, I was like, I'll, I'll just stroll on over and check that out. I'll tell you what, it was the best entertainment I'd ever seen. I mean, you talk about, I, I think I paid maybe eight bucks and a, eight bucks. And I was setting literally close enough to call balls and strikes. And it was like dollar beer night. And it was one of the greatest, greatest sports venues I've ever seen. So if you ever make it to Kansas City, Kansas, go see the T-Bones. I think they're only affiliated with furniture stores or something. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, that's enough baseball, whatever. It makes me depressed that millionaires and billionaires arguing about what well, we got. Well, you got uh, some Coach K. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have tuned into ESPN in the last six months, but there's a huge circle jerk happening today. Um, it's his last home game. So everybody is all up in arms because there's, it's his last showing. It's his swan song. And to be honest, I, I started thinking about it and uh, make no mistake. I hate coach K just because I'm a red blooded American guy and I didn't go to Duke, but then I started thinking about it and there's going to be a huge void now that coach K is, is retiring. Like who's going to be the villain of the NCAA and don't get me wrong. I hate, uh, or I love the guys that are slimy. I mean, I, I actually really like Lane Kiffin as a coach on the football <laughs> side. Uh, I like Calipari. I listen to a great podcast with Calipari. And the thing that I like about those guys is while they are slimy and, and gross, you know, they kind of know who they are and they, they don't hide it. But I think the difference with Coach K is, you know, he's slimy and gross, but he acts like he's God's gift to humanity. So today's his last game. ESPN has a special dedicated camera just for him. And so as I'm thinking about it, I, I'm wondering who's going to fill that void of, of the villain. To be honest, he is quite the villain. I did some Google searching. And, and what I've really come to terms with is that he has built this brand that is all, all him. I mean, you have Coach K Court. <clears throat> Everything about Duke is Coach K. And, and I think that's why I hate him. I think he's developed this whole culture of being a douche and he's profited off of it. I mean, somebody, I think it was Tyler Hansbro just went on a podcast and they said, Hey, can you tell me the top five Duke players you hate? And within seconds, he had five ready. And if you Google <laughs> it, it'll be like top 15 Duke players you hate. You know, Christian Leitner is always at the top. Grayson Allen is for recent memory is one of my least favorite Duke players because he just injured Alex Caruso for the Bulls. And just last night, he got booed every time he touched the ball because the Bucks were in Chicago. But after doing some research, I was like, well, why do people hate him so much? And a lot of it's just that he's created this culture of douchiness and elitism. But did you guys know that you have to uh, have a fingerprint scan just to go into his office? I mean, I did not. Who does that? Like, what does he why? need those metrics for? Does he need to know who's busting in and stealing his game plans or what? A I think we're playing. Fingerprint, fingerprint fingerprint scan yeah scan to get in his office yeah do you guys remember last year when he berated the uh, duke student reporter for kind yes. of calling him out uh, so I, I pulled it up i'll just read it off really quick this is another reason why i hate, hate coach k yeah so the student reporter after duke lost to louisville louisville uh beat him pretty handily and it was i think at that point duke was five and five so the the student reporter said this I'm just curious as to what the next step forward is for the team as you guys move into another week of basketball. Now, not just the best question job. in the world, but pretty straightforward. But just basically, Coach K, can you just talk to me for a little bit is basically what this guy's saying. Mm -hmm. And he says, why don't we just evaluate this game? I'm not into what our next step forward is right now. So you would, you would think maybe he'd be thinking, how can I fix this? But no. So we just finished a hard-fought game. What's your major? What's your major at Duke? What's your hardest class? And then when he told him that he was an econ major, he said, okay, say you just had the toughest econ test in the world. Again, they just played Louisville. Say you yeah. just had the toughest econ test in the world. And when you walked out, somebody asked you, what's your next step? You see what I mean? Do you, do you have some empathy? Like, no, because you're talking apples and oranges. I'm a student who's paying thousands of dollars to attend a class. And, and it's all new to me. I haven't been doing this for 41 GD years. You know, and this is a student from Duke. And to berate him over Zoom and to really shake him down and dress him down, I think is a douchey move. And uh, and then if you don't, if you haven't uh, listened recently, his grandson's on the team. 
And probably the number one pick in the draft is on their team as well. And they were together and they both got a, somehow a DUI was handed out and there hasn't been any punishment for that whatsoever. So I, here you have sliminess and then everybody's celebrating. And I think that's what bugs me, but I got to be honest, I, I love to hate coach K. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss him. Him yeah, asking a- someone to be empathetic is rich. Yes. I love that. <laughs> there's definitely going to be a void there. There's going to be a void in that. You know, when you talk about coaches and, and they're there for a while, there was a bunch of them, you know, Rick Patino and, yeah. and, and, you know, Ricky Patino was the king of slime. I mean, yeah. that guy, he literally left a trail when he walked, he was, mm-hmm. all, he was in trouble. It was a matter of time, great coach, but he mm-hmm. would be somewhere for two or three years. And it was always going to end up in sanctions. It was always going to end up, a deal. He, you know, I, I think about, there was so many of them, you know, you had Bob, the Bob Knight era where, where every day you turn on the news and you see, you know, there's always a sound clip from him. And then, you know, the Roy Williams of the world, things like that. They don't, we don't really have those guys anymore. So he's, he's going to be gone. And the only one I can think of that is even remotely close is I really liked, uh, really like Bruce Pearl when he used to yeah. wear the, the colorful blazers at Tennessee. And then he went to Auburn and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I, I think he's been mediocre at Auburn, but nobody like Coach K that's just winning, that just wins. And, and yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm definitely going to – I love to, love to dislike that guy, but I, I don't know where the, where the void's going to be. And, and, and I, I wonder, you know, uh, especially here in, in Oklahoma, we, we had Lon Kruger who was clean as a Safeway chicken, and then we went to Porter Mosier. <laughs> which is yeah. pretty, he's, he's pretty good. And yeah, and, the old loyal and, Chicago guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then, you know, for forever, you know, college basketball in itself, you know, Eddie Sutton's a perfect example. Eddie Sutton, you know, rubbed people the wrong way and they never would let him into the college basketball hall of fame. And they finally did, you know, and, and he got a black eye and because of his, his, his problems and, and, and everyone here knew his problems, but they loved him enough anyways to keep him in the spot. So when you think about those legends and the faces of, of that, I wonder who's the next one, who, who replaces them. You know, uh, I, I look at some of the hot young coaches, the, what is it? The Underwood guy was hot for yeah. a while and he, he floated around and, and he, you know, he somehow here, got unscathed from a, a lot of the scandals as well. That's, I don't that's know what how I was just fixing to say, yeah, somehow he tiptoed through that minefield and then you got beard who I, I love, I love hearing anytime Beard has to go back to Texas Tech, the fan section at Texas Tech, they, they wear him out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that, uh, the home and the home and homes that Austin and Lubbock with, with, with him now have become epic. But, uh, you know, I think about who's going to, who's going to replace the, uh, Coach K and how do you replace it? You know, the, the Mount Rushmore of coaches have in the last five, 10 years kind of gone away. I, I don't know who's going to be the next guy. I just know that, you know, maybe they'll find somebody, but I look at the NCAA as a whole. And I think, you know, when I was growing up and a young kid, you remember Tarkanian, Tark the shark, man, the UNLV, and he used to chew on the towel and they would win it. And then he, there was a bunch of NCAA violations. And it was like any, any team that won it was followed with a, of the black curtain of NCAA violations. So yeah, it's it's almost like the Olympic gold now. Yeah, um, yeah. You get absolutely. the Olympic gold, and then let's wait six months to see if yep. if anything yeah. <laughs> anything is in your sense. past that we need to strip you from it. But yeah. I, I think of if I think of douchey college coaches, Jim Beheim's one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, He's got, got both his sons on the stuff. starting lineup right now. Yeah, we got Jim Beheim. I, I actually like Bruce Pearl. He seems like a like a guy that wouldn't stab you in the back, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know anybody on his caliber. I'll put it that way because they're all starting to retire. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think hey, these real- schools know when they bring on a Patino, like we're probably going to have to forfeit some shit. But in the meantime, we're going to make a couple Final Fours. and that's We're going to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we're going to move merchandise, and that's what okay, all this yeah. is about. I mean, the players. What's yeah. The guy, what's the guy that went to Arkansas? The the guy that was he got in trouble. He fell off the motor. He had the motorcycle oh, with the girlfriend. Shit. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. What was his name? The guy that was at Louisville, and he went to Arkansas. Bobby Petrino. Petrino. Yeah. Oh yeah. Petino and Petrino are the same coach. They just coach different sports. 
They just yeah. do that. But anyhow, I, I can see them now with the neck brace. brace. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. exactly right. That's all I was thinking about when we were talking about that is that guy that, hey, so uh, I decided to step down. That's yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Looking like he took turn four at Talladega too fast. <laughs> Gosh, that's a that's really taking midlife crisis to a new level. Oh, got some hot was- chick on the back of my motorcycle. I just probably bought this motorcycle last week. I'm gonna gun it around the corner. <laughs> yep, that was the greatest. That was that was one of the greatest scandals of all time. And I I could I mean I you literally just can just go back and watch that. You know I. Uh, anyhow, that's that was quality. But when I think about coaches and some of the things they've done, but you got you know you think about the Mount Rushmore of college coaches in every sport is kind of like that. You know, I think about Saban, and you know he went through a spell there where he was a villain. He not only was he a villain, but you know when he left, what was it Miami and took that job at at you know he took he was in Miami for about a a, a cup of coffee, and then he mm-hmm. he left in the middle of the season and. Ended up bailing for Alabama or LSU, and they all as popular then as Urban Meyer is right now. Right, absolutely, yeah. Urban Urban Meyer is another one. That guy, man, he, uh, boy, he's really popular these days. (laughs) Gosh, if you want to laugh, look at some of his recruiting classes, or just look at the University of Florida campus in 2006 between football and basketball. I mean, it's insane. Yes. Crazy mix of people. You had like Joe Kim Noah and Tim Tebow, who are decent people. Right. And then you've got all of these slime balls. You had uh, Aaron Hernandez. It just It's just flooded with just the Pouncy Twins were there. It's so many characters. But wait, wait, that was Billy Donovan. I think he was the coach. Now he's the Bulls coach. Yeah. It was it was a crazy, crazy year for Florida right there. Yeah, sure. Classic winning cures everything. But do you guys, I mean, Urban Meyer's definitely going to come back, right? Oh, I, he'll end up at Bowling Green or somewhere. Somebody will give him a shot because, like you said, it'll be a deal of, hey, let's make some money for a couple of years. We'll, we're going to get, we'll hit some sanctions, but we'll, we'll, we'll be nationally ranked for, for a couple of years. And by the time he's out of here, we'll deal with the blowback after, after we ride the wave of success for two or three years. Yeah, it'll we'll be the, the topic uh, of every. Years. Absolutely. So, hey, so. Yeah. Before we before we get out of here, a, a couple of things. One, I want to recognize that you know it, you had a bad beat last week, Eric, with the with the pokes at Bedlam. I Half feel bad point. about that. You had three and a half, and they they went to overtime and ended up losing by four. But as we, overtime uh, is where dogs go to die. That's exactly right. That is exactly right, and that's what I wanted to bring up because not only do you you get to plant the flag in the ground on the winners, but you gotta you gotta celebrate the defeat to uh, part of the game, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, what you got this week? Anything? Any hot takes this week? I got some futures in these conference tournaments, but I had such a bad week last week. I'm taking a couple days off until the first round of the NCAA. Mark, I have Mark. I have a hot system that works in round one. <laughs> there'll be some. There'll that be I some will bring to the people. It's not my system. I acquired yeah. it, but it works. We had a 10-team parlay last year with it. So maybe, maybe. The, last year was a COVID year, though. So right, it's, all, right. it's all up in the air. This year, they're more on track. They're more playing basketball. So you got a surefire we'll rubric see. that's going to well, bring you bring It's you always been good. You take the first half under in every game in the first round. And last year, it went like 26 and a single digit, I believe. It was incredible. It's usually, it's always over 50%, almost. But last year was this weird, everybody had COVID, so all the games started really slow. They almost all went under. 70% of the time it works every time. Exactly. I'm talking about a Sex Panther parlay that you cannot afford not to bet. All chips into the center, Patriot Sports Radio, all chips into the center. Exactly. Mortgage your house. We're scudding your books this week. <laughs> I'm going to take your man and shove his face in the gutter and stomp on the back of his head. That's what we're going to do. If you love your children, you will take a second mortgage out right now and put it on the under of Villanova Butler first half. Or you hate your family. Okay, so speaking of hot takes, now that we've got, we've got yours, uh, Let's move on to the hot take that's going on with the Rocky Mountain man over there. 
I want to hear about this uh the girlfriend food situation. The, oh, is it heating God. up over there on that? Because that's El like caliente. Uh, El caliente. Yeah, it, it is. The food is spicy, spicier than my <laughs> Scottish descent can take. Juan yeah. es en fuego. She just made me some uh, chili yesterday, so I'm treading very lightly. But... Chili. She's enjoying this. You know she oh. is. <laughs> hey, do you, yeah. I mean, what do you say? Are you? Uh, do you give it the? Hey, man, can you? Can we cut the spice about in half, or do you just like yeah? I did a week through? ago. I did. Oh, you said that. Yeah, a you, week ago. Oh, so she dialed it back already. She's already dialed I think it she's down. You're still it on fire. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I oh, try wow. not to like, venture too far away from a bathroom, so I, a lot of my day wow. is planned around me, being close to a bathroom. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I legitimately probably some other things going on probably need to see a doctor but yeah there's been a lot of spicy foods uh we were at a restaurant once and she was she asked do you have like really spicy stuff that's not on the menu oh and my said, god yeah, she's well, asking yeah. for secret off the not menu the shit oh yeah yeah of course being yeah. a, a, an egocentric male i was like yeah i'll try it yeah so oh, that's what that's what wrecked me earlier this Bring week on, babe. Why do we do that? Why do we? I do that too. I know full well I can't eat that stuff, and I do it every time. And it literally—you talk about scudding your books. It scuds yeah. my gut. Like, I, yeah, it's you know, there's bad. nobody, nobody wow. in there is keeping track. You're not proving yourself to anybody. There's nobody who, when you walk out, is going to be like, "Oh, see that coach ate all six of them, some bitches." Nobody <laughs> cares. Exactly. No one cares. But you got You you do it anyway. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know. Well, she knows. That. She knows sauces by their pepper, which is a red flag in terms of yeah. dietary. Uh, um, and so she rattled off the the name of the pepper, and then I ate it. Now it's been wow. it's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is good. That is good, man. You, you thank wow. God you took a sabbatical, sir. Oh, That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Got some sort of romantically oh. induced Crohn's you're battling. <laughs> yeah. 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 There should be a pill for it. We're definitely eventually there's going to be a tolerance. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that tolerance kicks in in about three hours. Yeah. We'll see. Because I got some chili to eat and I can't not eat it, right? She made it for me. Yeah, wow. yeah. God, she's just not into cookies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not interested in ghost pepper oatmeal cookies. Making <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, have you guys ever seen Hot Ones? It's a YouTube series yeah. where they eat progressively hotter wings. So I bought the uh, the sauce that really kicks everybody's ass. It's called the bomb. And so, um, just to put it into Scoville's, Scoville is the measurement unit they use for for spice. And Tabasco has about 1,500, so 1,500 Scoville's. And this one called De Bomb, which is made in Kansas City, is 135,000 scopels. So I tried that last summer. And, I mean, it was just tears. And it wasn't even funny. <laughs> no. We did a video. I've got a video of it. But I'm just sitting there, like, white-knuckling the table. like It just tears <laughs> right down my face. Oh, God. Uh, that's, uh, that's a new type of pain. And that, that burns your inside slowly. That doesn't so, sound like a good time. That doesn't no. sound. We're definitely going to have to keep our finger on this situation and figure out if, you know, John, John can make it through. Cause I, yeah, I, I tell you what, I worry about that. I, uh, Fuck the baseball strike. I need John updates. A, a play <laughs> by play right. update on the Caliente situation going on yeah. over there. I need a GI doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely going to need something if you keep on this trail. Yeah. So I, I just got two more things and real quick one, uh, Masvidal tonight, Masvidal Covington. You guys know uh, any UFC fans? You oh, guys Jorge Masvidal. That. We're thinking He's about the guy who won the fight in half a second with the flying knee, right? Yeah, anybody named Street Jesus, I'm on. Yes, I I'm love on. him. That's really putting lipstick on the pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. But anyhow, he got what was coming to him because he got knocked out by Street Jesus and yeah, yeah. So anyhow, you guys got any uh you guys got anything on that? I think we're we're we might buy that tonight just to I'll ooh. be watching it. But you, I have uh, I'm new to it, idea? so I don't know much about it. 
Well, according to my son, who I call the Oracle sometimes, I, I consulted him. He says uh, Covington will win this fight easily. It won't even be close. And that Masvidal, the only way that he will win is if he lands some kind of haymaker, which is kind of what he's he's known for. But um, yeah. my, my son says Covington is the the – the heavy favorite now, according to Vegas, I don't, I don't believe that's the case. I think it's pretty close, but uh, they used to be friends and now they're not, which I think that storyline plays into about everything. I mean, anytime they get more than a couple years in, in the UFC, they train with everybody. So, uh, but I, I'm eager to see the fight. I, it's, it's one of those, I don't think the card is really great, but I think that fight in particular may be, may be pretty good because they truly don't like each other. So, uh, Always like to hear that. Um, anybody? Covington that? is a minus three hundred favorite. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna put ten dollars American on Jorge Masvidal right now, just out of respect. I mean, there we go. Like I said, with a nickname like that, you can't go wrong. I mean, he he did hold the uh, the BMF belt for a while, and him and that that fight with him and Diaz was epic. It was, oh. it was great. You want to talk about two pieces, two anvils beating on each other? I mean, they they. I mean, that that deal just went on and on. I mean, Diaz doesn't get you. You can't knock him out. I mean, he's those literally are, like punching a two by four. Those are two guys who are only about scratch and gravel. That's yes, it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to use it in a sentence already. Fuck yeah! Nice. nice. You worked it into the show. I dig it. I dig it. Oh, so anyhow, yeah, man. Uh, another thing. Got my uh, Patriot Sports ball cap. Love it. Uh, you know. And uh, still, the coffee's tasting so good out of that other cup that I got. Oh, that's the freedom what shot. They put in the metal, but you got to get one of those. There's a shot of freedom in the bottom. It's a shot of freedom. I, I went ahead and uh, I went ahead and got my gear in, so I'm uh, oh, supporting uh, Patriot Sports today. Uh, get get on and get one. Uh, and if it absolutely, if that's high twice, fashion. Do it twice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we call it a day, boys? Yeah, sounds good to me, man. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.